Hello, hello, my people. Welcome to part one of this Patreon exclusive where we will be having a conversation with Cleopatra about ancient Egypt, life in ancient Egypt, slaves, slavery in ancient Egypt, and mummies in ancient Egypt. Thank you for listening and watching. I am so excited about this. This is a Patreon exclusive. I did a thing. I finally made a Patreon. You guys have been asking me for years to make a Patreon. And I just didn't see how it would fit in my schedule previously. Um, you know, with doing personal readings and having so much other things I'm trying to build up outside of my YouTube channel, I was like, how am I going to do a Patreon as well? But as time goes on, a Patreon makes more sense. You know, a Patreon is where I can share exclusive content with you all. A Patreon is where I can post videos, you know, and maybe be more inclined to um, go the extra mile for paid members, for my paid patrons. Um, a Patreon is also where I can be a bit more unfiltered, you know. So I was like, a Patreon actually sounds kind of fun. So I have made a Patreon. Um, part two of this video is already up on my Patreon. So if you want to see part two, become a member of my Patreon. The link should be somewhere in the description box below or the comment section below. But I definitely look forward to um, doing more videos, more Patreon exclusives. On my Patreon, you will find a lot of astrology videos, a lot of videos about zodiac signs, as well as psychic tarot readings. Classes is also going to be available on my Patreon, along with exclusive content such as, you know, conversations like these with Cleopatra, maybe some behind-the-scenes content, live streams, and different types of things. So Patreon's going to be really fun. In this conversation with Cleopatra, we're going to be talking about life in ancient Egypt, mummies, and slavery in ancient Egypt. I'm very excited. Let's get into it. Of course, the first thing I'm going to do is say a quick prayer and get into the reading. Thank you, Father God, for protecting my energy, my thoughts, my mind, and my emotions. Thank you for protecting the energies, thoughts, minds, and emotions of those watching this video. Thank you for protecting Cleopatra's energy and allowing her to feel safe and sacred in this space so that she can share her stories with us about life in ancient Egypt, mummies, and slavery or servants in ancient Egypt. The first thing she's showing me is papaya, papaya fruit. I guess she was a big fan of papaya. She's saying, yes, I was a big fan. I love papaya fruit. Um... She's saying every day she had a servant or a slave that would go pick fruit for her. <clears throat> She's saying there were slaves in ancient Egypt, servants in ancient Egypt who had specialized purposes. She's saying there were slaves who would prepare my wigs, servants who would prepare my wigs, who specialized in those types of things. Um, she's saying life in ancient Egypt was very grand, was very grandiose. Um, it was all about impressing, um, specifically impressing foreigners. Um, she's taken me to mummies, and she's like, mummies were, were a form of protection. She's saying there were certain mummies placed around ancient Egypt and specific places that 
She's saying you have to think a mummy is literally just a preserved body, a preserved dead body. But in that, you know, she's saying the ancient Egyptians were solely, you know, strongly believed in life after death. So she's saying, she's showing me that mummies were a conduit between this plane, this realm, and the spiritual realm. She's saying mummies were also an offering to the gods. Specifically, she's showing me Osiris, Anubis, and Isis. Mummies were taken to the... She's saying cults of Isis, cults of Osiris, cult of Anubis. But when she says cult, she's showing me like a temple. So I guess you're saying back then the temples were called some, some, some form of a cult. Um... She's saying these deities did the, did, did the rites of the dead. These deities were the deities that you went to when a loved one passed away and you wanted to make sure that they um, got their just due in death. That they lived a fruitful life in death. She's also showing me Mayat. She's saying, um, in terms of the mummification process, the main body parts that were that were revered, in terms of taking out the, these body parts and utilizing them for purposes, were the tongue, which is about speaking. She says the teeth as well, um, the heart, which she's saying the weighing of the heart, the feather, the mayat was a real thing. Um, She's saying sometimes the penis, the fingers, um, and the eyeballs were particularly the main body parts that were revered, that were, um, she's saying stolen sometimes or utilized for magical purposes or for the purposes of decoration or look, look, I have the eyeball of so-and-so kind of thing. Um, and she's literally showing me an eyeball with like still like the, the pink tendon attached to it in the back. I know that sounds really morbid. Um, literally sitting in like a, a mason jar with some sort of liquid that I guess preserves the eyeball in it. And literally the eyes just kind of sitting there looking like, like, just like, it's creepy. But she's saying this was like decoration. It was also protection. The all seeing eye, the evil eye kind of thing. Um, she's saying she had the eyeball of her dad, or she had some sort of body part of her father's. She's showing me an eyeball, or something like that. She's showing me that grave robbing was a thing even back then. Um, she's saying, um, people... Ancient Egyptians themselves, you know, typically of poor stature or people who were upset at the the kingdom, you know, and were trying to get back, would rob graves. Of course, she's saying, you know, if she found out who, who it was that robbed these graves, specifically graves that were <clears throat> of impo high importance, 
She's also saying, she's kind of going, and I even mean like the graves of the, the, the pharaohs, you know, the valley of the kings kind of thing, and the queens. Like, if I found out you stole something from them, it was off with your head kind of thing. Um, she's saying in your head would be a souvenir. Um, she's saying your head would be taken to the Valley of the Kings, to the graves in which you, you, um, in which you stole and would like be on display for the Kings or the Pharaohs or whoever to get, seek their revenge, to get their revenge. Um, so she's saying dead bodies were... sacrificial they were ritualistic in ancient egypt you know she's saying it was it was not odd to see a, a severed head and a, and a you know a, a body without a head on it you know um these things weren't odd to her She's saying there was a belief in ancient Egypt that sometimes your enemies could inhabit, especially your dead enemies, could inhabit an animal, and that animal could attack you or maul you. Um, and it was a belief that that it that was really your enemy inhabiting that animal, getting revenge back on you. So also she's saying animals would be used as a way of killing people or seeking revenge on people. Um, Particularly dogs, uh, certain types of cats or felines, snakes. Um, but she's saying life in ancient Egypt was was intense like this. Life in ancient Egypt She's saying it was a sense of a community it was a sense of community. <clears throat> But it was also very individualistic. She's saying it's not like she's saying it's not like today, for example, in America where certain people are patriots and very proud of their country, you know, take heed in their country. Other people hate their country but stay in America. It's like it wasn't like that. If you hated Egypt, if you hated being in ancient Egypt, you know, you were exiled. We exiled you. If you hated so much, find somewhere else to go, you know. Um, she's saying you don't have to like ancient Egypt. You don't have to like, you didn't have to like the, the policies, but you had to be, being a traitor wasn't accepted. Um... She's saying being a traitor uh, was grounds for execution. She's saying because when foreigners would come to the land, you couldn't be trusted. You couldn't be trusted to go on the other, you know, to 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 stick to ancient Egyptian customs and cultures and to to uh, be loyal to ancient Egypt. She was big on loyalty. She's saying, I like soup. I was a big fan of soup, she says. I like to eat soup. 
she's saying um, she was an early bird. She liked to get up early. She's saying she liked to get up before everyone else, before, you know, the town, city, state of, you know, country, continent of ancient Egypt really started to hustle and bustle. She's saying, I guess, the day really started in ancient Egypt. You would see people starting, you know, like the, the streets and things starting to fill up around in today's time, 7 a.m., she says. Um, so if that was the case, she would be up by like four, you know. Um, she was really big on moon, the moon, the moonlight. She, I see her riding under the moonlight, riding and watching, looking up at the moon, riding and looking up at the moon. Um, she was a big planner. She liked to plan, plan her days. She liked to plan the next day. Um, excuse me. She also liked to watch the, the light tower. In ancient Egypt, it was a big thing. They had this huge, tall um, light tower that would constantly be lit with fire. Um, and it was kind of like a wonder of the world in ancient Egypt, how this tall stature was able to light the whole town or city of Alexandria. Um, but it's almost like, how also did they build this humongous thing, you know? But she's saying, I like to watch that. I like to, that was like a, either a compass for her or some sort of guide. She's showing me that she actually had two places she stayed. She had a main palace and then somewhere else that she stayed that was near a body of water. If her main palace wasn't near a body of water. Uh, she's showing me that she liked to... There's some places she liked to stay where she was able to see ships come in. I don't know if this was her main palace or if this was another palace that she stayed in. Because she's kind of showing me I had... She's like, I had two places I like to stay. Her main palace. And then I guess when... She wanted to get away from her main palace or, you know, there were threats of, you know, foreign invaders of her main palace or whatever. She would go somewhere else that was maybe less known. But I'm seeing like she was able to watch the ships come in. She's showing me her as a young girl now. And a lot of the same things that she liked to do as a young girl, she just liked to do as, a, as she got older. Like, she's showing me her as a young girl sitting under the moon, you know, um, and she's showing me her as a teenager, sitting under the moon, <clears throat> riding, looking up at the moon, riding, riding, looking up at the moon. There was also some fascination with mummies when she was young that caused her to go into looking further into mummies or mummification or the process of mummification. There's something very interesting to her about that process of actually, like, mummifying about a body. And, like, what goes on underneath those? It's like I see her looking at, looking at literally someone mummify a body and the body being wrapped and mummified. And she's kind of looking at it like, okay, well, what's going on underneath there now? Do they still look the same? She's kind of going like, like, you know, did their body chemistry or structure change? Um... She was big on, like, preservation of, of, of bodies, preservation of the body. She also had a belief that you could... 
eat a certain way or live a certain way to ensure that when you passed away, your body would be, you know, preserved as long as possible. So it's almost like if you were in good health, if you ate certain things, you know, if you were like, you know, she's showing me liquid. She's saying that that's part of why I was big on soup. Like, you know, soup is um, a food where, you know, if you want to look beautiful when you die, she's saying eat, eat lots of soup. Fill your body up with lots of liquid because what causes you to start looking ugly and degrading once you pass away. Um, and she's kind of showing me the process of... Um, What is it called? Postmortem. She's saying uh, often, like uh, bodies who go through uh, kind of, and she's saying kind of ugly process of postmortem is because there there's a lack of of um, moisture in the body. She's saying a lack of moisture in the body. <clears throat> causes you to your body to more easily um stiffen up when you die become less pliable she's saying it's possible to preserve the body and still keep it in relatively good condition long after you die she's saying part of the process is mummification part of that process is how you treat your body while you're alive because she's saying once again Ancient Egyptians believed that there was life and death. There was life and death, but there was life in death. Um, and she's saying there's something about the mummification mummies that and that's intrinsic in that, that idea of life and death for ancient Egyptians and her specifically. Um, she's saying a lot of these uh, philosophies and a lot of these things and ideas I took with me in my own death and how I wanted my own death to be. She's saying I, I planned my own death. I orchestrated my own death, every facet of it, every nuance of it. I orchestrated it. She's saying that's why it's been so difficult to find me today. And she's kind of going like this, find me today, you know? What she's saying, she's saying she's already been found. You've been found? She's saying, yes, I've already been found. Um... Maybe it's, she's saying it's Mark Antony they're still looking for. Or trying to confirm whether or not it is him. Is this Mark Antony? Is it not Mark Antony? She's saying the only reason why they haven't announced me being found is because they don't want infiltration of Egyptian government. They don't want an influx of tourists coming in just to see Cleopatra, just, you know, and then God forbid, you know, um, they steal her. There's, there's this big threat or looming threat or looming 
What's the word? Fear, I guess, that... Um, grave robbing has always been a thing in ancient Egypt. There's a looming threat or fear that they will... They will... I don't know who they is, or someone will steal Cleopatra's body, steal Cleopatra's treasures. She's saying, um, I am very sacred to ancient Egypt. They, 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 they see me as very sacred. They see my body as very sacred. So, this is why it hasn't been announced that they found me. She's saying, why do you think things have gone so quiet as to the search for me and my body? She's saying they found me. They just haven't said anything yet. She's saying I was buried with pearls. Um, earrings. I hear a, di a diadem. Um, I was buried with things. I hear excavating. So they may be excavating her body. But she's showing me her, like, literally her mummified body. It's decayed. It's, it's, her body is, looks, looks browned. But I see them excavating her body, excavating her teeth. Confirming, in fact, this, if this is, is really Cleopatra. She's saying they're also looking for my children. They're looking for my descendants to confirm that it is, in fact, me. She's saying there's a whole process behind her excavation. Like, I see them also going into her father, the body of her father, digging up his body to confirm, is it, is it not? But it's very secretive. It's very secretive. Even the trips to, you know, the, the tombs and the, and the valleys of the kings and queens and things like that. You know, it, it's very secretive. It's very, um, like she's saying in, in, in USA terms, like the CIA kind of thing. Not well known, she says. She's saying they're they're learning things about me though that contradict with what's been taught about me. So it's also it's layered, she's saying. It's very layered, nuanced. She's saying they may have also even found the mummies of her pets. Pets that she owned, or pets that, or animals that were around during her time. She's saying maybe that's where it started. They started getting closer to me when they discovered animals or pets that lived around her time. And then they found me, she says. She's saying maybe, like, also near some sort of cult or temple. 
maybe near the Nile, the Nile Delta, the Nile River. Um, she's saying, but that's the thing about ancient Egypt. There's things even in today's terms and time in 2021 going into 2022 that have yet to be discovered that are buried deep underground, but that still somehow magically enhance the land of Egypt. She's showing me the tower, the Giza, the Tower of Giza, or the, um, the pyramid with the head of the, the Sphinx. And she's saying there's dead bodies buried near there, underneath there, which give life to the Sphinx, which give life to the the um, pyramid. She said there's a bunch of dead bodies in the Nile River, giving life to the Nile River. Bones are scattered at the bottom, she says. Treasures are scattered at the bottom. But she's saying mummies, mummies were created to ensure life after death. She's saying to ensure that 2,000, 3,000, 15,000 years after death that one could still be buried up, dug up, and excavated. And she's saying, and you know, to ensure that tufts of hair, tufts of skin, teeth would still be intact so that, you know, she's saying, she's saying they were excavating back then. They were identifying bodies back then somehow, like. But she's saying mummies was also a way to protect the body. Once again, remember I was saying at the beginning, mummification was a form of protection. Mummies were a way to protect the body from um, grave rob grave robbery, because you had to unwrap the bandage to see who actually was you know the, did this body belong to who is this body, but then it was actually the unwrapping of the bandages that sealed your fate with the dead. She's saying. So she's saying yes, you know there are cur curses of the mummies. That's a real thing. Um, curses of the tombs of pharaohs, that's a real thing. 
she's saying those um when you go in the tombs like uh king tut when you go in his tomb or the valley of the kings or something like that and you see those paintings on the walls those are actually spells and they're spells in the in the form of this is what happens this is the process of what happens should this tomb be be raided should this should someone enter this tomb who doesn't belong here this this is what's going to happen this is who you can expect to see this is the line of you know bosses you have to defeat i don't know but um she's saying yes it, it, you know it's a real thing the curse of the pharaohs the curse of the mummies um And she's saying they didn't want what happened to King Tut to happen to me. She's saying they didn't want it then, then they don't want it now. So on that note, Cleopatra, we're going to move on to part two. Thank you so much, Queen, for allowing us to just be in your presence as always. Um, if you want to see part two, once again, check out uh, my Patreon become a member of my Patreon. I look forward to sharing more exclusive content with you all on my Patreon. Remember, the link should be in the description box below, the comment section below, and I will see you guys in the next video on Patreon. Love and light. Oh, and by the way, if you want a personal reading, check out my website, lamartownsandtarot.com. Follow me on my podcast, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, and more. My Vimeo, my um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and my YouTube, Love and Light.